And we're off to the races. You're sick of us. There's too much us. It's too much. It's too regular. It's, we're it's, happening once a month now, yeah. almost every two weeks. We're spoiling is, I'm rotten. How are you handling it? It's the Comedy Couch with Dennis Hensley and That's Tony right. Tripoli. Dennis is over there on the right-hand side, and I should be annoying in your left ear like a gnat. There you go. I was just at the uh, Sunset 5 mini plaza where Crunch and stuff is, seeing a movie, and our friend Jerry Shirell was there, and he goes, I was just listening to you in my headphones. Oh, boy. And he goes, you were talking about, oh, shit, I can't remember what he's talking Us. about. Us. Yes. Yeah, you something. were talking about yourselves. Yeah, something. He goes, you were just talking about this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, that's happened. So the people are listening. They're into it. It's, I know, it's, it's so nice. I know. So the new set, set the Sense of Five has reopened as something else now, The right? Sundance Cinemas. And I kind of love it. I think I love the, the interior design of it. So totally new. Totally new. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's five theaters or whatever, but it's uh, it's it's like ArcLight e, but I I love it. I love the interior decorating. It's like being in Robert Redford's really chic ski. Does he plaza. own a piece of it? I mean, is he it, must if it's is Sundance. It connected to Sundance, it must or? be. Yeah, okay. for sure. I really like it. It's good. So. And then do they like soundproof the theaters better or do I, any of that kind of like upgrading stuff? I don't know. I mean, I saw Amour, the French movie, so. That's what you saw today? How much soundproofing can there be? Well, isn't really the movie need? like so quiet that you would hear the explosions in the next theater? Yeah, but I think every movie there is just. I don't think yeah, there are it's explosions two people talking in any of those quietly. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what did you think of it more? Because I'm avoiding it like the fucking flu. It's a uh, slog, but yeah. I admired it. I don't want to I admire shit. It. I don't yeah, have time. No, it's, I don't have time for shit I admire. Yeah, no, you if you know what it's about and it doesn't it doesn't knock you out. It's not so artful that you're you get past what it's about. It's right. still like you know, a watch checker. I imagine know? it to be soul crushing and just beautiful and devastating, but Well no, it's if it's you're that not bored, a tearjerker because it's so mundane. Like it's not it's very artful and it, it what he chooses to show and not show and what parts of the story he tries the to tell and where he puts the camera that stuff's really cool but it's not super sentimental considering it's about a, a woman passing away and right. her, her and her husband's relationship and um, she just sort of very slowly just sort of fades it's very real like anyone that's ever um lost somebody to an illness when they're quite old you know to me i was watching it and i said you know what death becomes about at a certain point a bunch of shit on a nightstand because yeah. you know how you know when you're healthy and you're decorating and you like you have your things and your te- you know this we have an ashtray and once somebody's dying, sippy cups go there. Right, a bunch of crap pills. Yeah. Wet wipes. Everything, everything yeah. is on that fucking table, and when they're gone, you just want to go <laughs> because it throws off all the any kind of aesthetic you any had feng going. Shui you had go is out the window because there's a bunch of crap on yeah, a table on account of their defibrillators and their meds. Yeah, all of it, you know that's. That's what <laughs> I took that, away from that's what, the, that's what Crystal Harris yeah. has to look forward to. Yeah. Who's Crystal Harris? She just married Hugh Hefner. Oh, yeah. That's, it is. It's going to be a bunch of crap yeah. on a nightstand. That, that, that bet's it might be lubes and dildos right now. But, but it's just a bunch of crap that doesn't match anything. Or That cup is it's just a plastic cup. Yeah, but that's the one that works the best in the dishwasher. Like, Well, then, speaking of that. Everything becomes about function. Did you see the Oprah Lance, Lance Armstrong? Armstrong? I only it's saw the worst clips. set of all time. Really? It's the worst badly art directed set. There's like this big yellow, bright yellow bowl behind them. And yeah. it's like this fakey 
It looks like she's on the set of a fake Ukrainian talk show or something. It's cheap looking. It's it's That's not, not Oprah at all. No, it do, it's not the Oprah Golden Light. It's no Butter Couch. It's yeah. not. That's Sundance she knows how to cinemas. do that. No, I'm telling you, I could live there. A couple of white ladies got fired because of that. Lance That's Armstrong. Crazy. You, got Did the you feeling watch the that, whole thing? No, please don't. Please come on. No, but I you got the feeling. It you sounds, get the feeling that like they only locked it down like the afternoon yeah. before. Yeah. And it was like just fucking throw some shit up, paint a yeah. wall. We've got to fucking we got to do, do a two camera. We only get him for an he hour kept, and a half. Yeah, he kept dropping in and dropping out. And right, there was a lot of that. But what a dick, right? That's the takeaway. Yeah, is that surprising? I mean, I think no. that if you rise to a level of excellence where you win like the hardest thing in the world to win seven times in a row, whether it's an Oscar or the, you know what I mean? Then you're probably a dick. You're probably a crazy egomaniacal monster that doesn't care about anything, but winning that thing every year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's being a president or a CEO or. I remember um, one of my, one of my editors at one of the women's magazines, like Cosmo or one of those that I was working at mm-hmm. for a while, I said, who's the worst interview you ever did? And she said, Lance Armstrong. And this was before he yeah. was still golden. She was like, oh, what a dick. Really? So, yeah, I remember that. So there's that. Um, so I'm hosting a roast tonight. Yeah. Doug and John's. A gay roast. A gay roast. And luckily, as the host, I don't think I have to do a lot of roasting because I don't have the roasting gene as much i mean maybe i don't know i'm, I'm gonna write yeah, some th- no. i'm gonna scroll some thoughts down but, but you're not that's not your thing yeah you don't do that that vicious mean you know you but know, t- directly to someone you write great stuff for joan to say but i like prefer but, them not to be there yeah but you're not gonna, you're not gonna look at two of your closest friends and be like you butt fuckers did yeah. you do yeah. oh and that's then, good i mean can i and use then that land, and land some yeah joke about how but uh you know. we'll we'll well it'll be an interesting thing. It'll be fun. It's their way of celebrating their 20th anniversary. So what 20 you, years together. Can you together. imagine? Well, we have 20 years together. That's true. But can you imagine a 20-year mar- romantic marriage? Like, they've been through a lot. They've been through They've been through a lot. And they're still one of my favorite couples. I'm talking about Doug and John, my friends. Yeah. Uh, and they um, love will keep them together. I mean, I just envy that so much. I think it's so spectacular. Yeah. They, uh, you know, I don't know what their secret is, but uh, we'll find out tonight. I think. Well, you need to find out what their secret is <laughs> I, I, I and think then a lot shit of people, on it. That's yeah, what exactly. a roast is. Um, yeah. So, well, they're vegans, so I can talk about how shitty the hors d'oeuvres are probably going to be. You know. Wow, you're really working edgy. <laughs> I know. You're really, right? you're really going for the it's, jugular. I know. It's really. Uh, yeah. I do have one joke, which I'm going to say, because, um, you know, Doug and John, whenever I go over there, they want to watch the Lucy show from 1974 or whatever. They like have a that's which I right. have that gene. Like, let's pull up the Paul Lynn special or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, um, you know, a lot of Doug and John's favorite film and TV stars wanted to be here, but they're all dead. And it was, Phyllis Diller was the last one. And we she we just missed. We her had life. a soft booking on Phyllis. <laughs> but she, I've been saying soft booking. Yeah. But she felt through. But she did. She, she drew a picture for them just for them because she knew uh, this was going to happen and she knew she was dying. So it's a picture of a young PA on a film set getting spit roasted. But um, <laughs> like because they like to. In her sort of juvenile scrawl. Kind yeah. Of artwork. Yeah. Maybe some did stick you make figures. The prop? No, I'm going to. So we got to wrap this up. Oh, I got to draw some stick figures. Spit I really hope that you don't get pulled over by a cop on the way to this. Yeah. Event, I, because I'm if that's sitting on that. your passenger seat. 
That would it be won't the best. look like what that is. It'll be it won't be that. We good. actually, you actually um, said spit roasting in front of Joan Rivers last week. Did I? And we, then, we've said everything in front of her. Yeah, but it was. It Did was, she know what it was? No, but she acted that? like she acted like she knew. And okay. so we were talking about. I don't remember saying it. Writing a joke about some couple. It was some you know Ben Affleck and Jen Garner. Some couple, and she was like you know. And you said she says to me, "Do we have any new jokes coming for them or something?" And you were like, um, "I'm working up. I'm working up a really good spit roasting joke or something." It I think was we were talking about-, about that executive thing we were doing. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, was like, yeah, they, yeah. They killed all the camel toe jokes, and I'm right. not even going to bring up the spit. You know, I mean, right. It was like that kind of thing. And and she was we wrote like, this "Oh, thing for the she pretended like she knew what it was." She was like, "Oh," and I go, "Yeah, nobody's going to get spit roasted yeah. in this event." And then I saw. Her like, oh, that was a clue. Like when I used it in a sentence in a different mm. way, get spit roasted. Then she kind of like um, started so putting on her thinking caps and I thinking meant, about a barbecue. I meant to ask her afterwards, did you ever piece that together? Because yeah. like Dick in a Box had her stymied for yeah. a long, long time. Well, and there were a couple of things that she didn't. Um, yeah, that she didn't know. She didn't know what a landing strip was. Uh. I've heard tell on a woman. Yeah, Yeah. I had explained that one to her one day. Sometimes you draw pictures, and and she she had she she followed Hitler mustache. Yeah, but she thought that me or whoever said it like invented it in the moment. And I go, no, people have been talking about women having a Hitler mustache for for a while. while. I can't. But she was real excited about Hitler mustache. Like it's who I don't know who the first person that ever said Hitler mustache was. No, but Joan thinks it's me. Yeah. Well, sometimes people claim credit for things that are, that couldn't that, possibly be. I have a friend that's convinced he invented the phrase Dora Day Parking," you know, where you pull up yeah, right in front no. of the building. He's convinced he was the first person to say it. He couldn't so, have been. He may have been. I don't. Somebody had to be first. That guy's long gone, Dennis. <laughs> that guy. That guy would have been performing in the roast tonight. But that he guy. Was dead. That guy re- re- <laughs> fucking retired to Palm Springs yeah. years ago. And he and, the uh, died by using poppers and Viagra together. <laughs> yeah. So God rest his soul. <laughs> At least it wasn't AIDS. <laughs> what? I'm already getting in the mood. You are roasty. Oh, I ro- I'm Dennis. so roasty. I can't get roasty. Oh, I don't know about you roasty. You are so roasty. Shit, what if I turn super roasty? And just do a fucking AIDS joke. Just Dennis of all dark. people. I know. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like Tripoli on steroids. What if I did that? That God. would be shocking. Just trust yeah. trust me you hear about it the next day that's yeah, all I'm that's not like just get ready to write some emails now you <sighs> traveled you took a little jaunt yeah Tell us i mean about let's your, back uh, that ass up because we had last sunday was the golden globes the, the golden globes yeah and the process is i go to jones you go to e right we watch separately because joan doesn't want to have a crowd full of people yelling things out she only wants three people yelling things out. Right. And then she's upset that there wasn't enough stuff yelled out. But the whole time she's like, don't yell while it's on. Like, it's a very sort of conflicting kind right. of instructional pattern. And, um, but, you know, as I keep always remind, she was like, well, I don't know that there's a lot of jokes. As soon as we've watched the red carpet and the show hasn't even started. She, we watch the monologue and then that's right. it. Then the TV goes off. And it's like, well, no, no, we were just watching to look for trends and what are like, we're building the show. Right. Melissa and, you know, like we're like making talking about that, but we're not so much doing like jokey joke stuff yet. Because, you know, 
the red carpet you watch 200 people and we're going to whittle it down to 25 to talk about for the show so it's yeah. kind of, you can't just be throw, yeah whatever right and also jokes don't always just you don't look at a dress and think of 10 jokes you right. have to think yeah and so certainly not anymore remember those <laughs> oh, days shit god damn yeah. take me back to two and a half right. years ago right um so we whatever and then we build the show then i come back to e and join the writers and then we're all just writing and joking and writing and joking and you're dealing with the script and yeah. some other like teases and technical shit and and it's you know and we're up all night and yeah. then uh i take the first batch of jokes to joan's house around 11 uh come back and then joan joined us at about 3 30 in the morning and yeah. so and you know we have the show like locked down and written by like 5 36 in the morning and then she walks on the set at like eight so it's you know it's a grueling process but there's something kind of fun about it and it's like a marathon it's no matter what it, it's going to be what it's going to be right. it's got to air that next night so and um and so then after the taping what did you do we finished the taping at like 11 I, I came now. home and went just to just collapse yeah. i if i don't i can barely sometimes i struggled with the drive on those all nighters like yeah. like i could feel myself drifting yeah yeah what yeah. do you do when you get sleepy when i'm driving just try to wake up or I mean, do sing you like with the radio. sing along with the radio? Yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. I've, you know, it's not like I'm gonna, die, you know, but I, I could see, like if I'm stuck at a light, I can right. feel myself drifting off or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, and then it, I still, and then you go. Sometimes you go from there and do other things. Yeah, like, then so we usually we then go and do shoot reality show. Um, but I don't know. There was how something. You do it. Yeah, we didn't on Monday. Joan had some other things she had to do. I went to the airport. I was on a right. two o'clock flight. Um, so I had to, you know, go to the airport, park the car, get in the shuttle, get to the airport. Yeah. And are you dying? How does your body it's feel just, at this point? Yeah, it's horrible. But it's like, you know, and I know that I don't really sleep on planes well. So it's like I'm knowing that I'm not getting any, any sleep. Right. I mean, I'll sleep for maybe an hour on the plane, but that's I'm, hurt, yeah. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Okay. So um I uh, I get to the airport and you know they've got you on that thing now where they tell you to be at LAX two hours ahead of time, right? And they're like, you know, the gates might change and like when you check in, they're like, okay, hurry through security, but there's nobody's gonna hurry through security at LAX takes forever, and there's always like, you know, twenty five ethnic people standing around talking in that blue uniform, just talking to one another. No whites. Not a single white. I don't think so. really <laughs> at the TSA at LAX. I don't. I'm yeah. thinking not a lot. No, probably no. Yeah, it's a lot of people talking um, in their navy blue uniforms and like one line being open. And there's a. I have a lot of that. Like really, you can't open another line. Like really, yeah. this process is everything. The liquids have to be in a little Ziploc bag, and right. I have to take my shoes off. And nine of you have to be in the back, standing in a circle talking like yeah. that's how this works but that's how this works it's that's like it works. a lot of places in life that's just how this works that's and so how it works so but it's like oh am i gonna make it like you know because i didn't get on the road until noon and i get to the airport at whatever 12 30 and it's like my flight's at two and if you know what i mean there's that thing where yeah. i could get stuck and have to do that thing where people are like my flight's in 20 minutes can i skip ahead yeah. and i don't want to be that guy whatever and so whatever i'm comfortable being a racist i'm just not comfortable yeah, like, you don't be saying that guy. can i skip ahead you in line yeah. And um, so then I get to the gate and there's like, it's B65 or whatever it is. And it's like 14 moving walkways and a whole, I get out there and I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the right gate. I'm looking at my boarding pass and it says like B66. And I look up at B66 and on the big light up sign that American Airlines has, it's like Denver at, it was like leaving for Denver, Denver at like 1145 in the morning. Right. 
And I'm like, wait, is this a Denver flight? And I'm looking around at the other ones and there's nothing. I was going to Chicago changing planes. So there's nothing that said Chicago. And then I was like, wait a minute. I look back and it's Denver at 11.45 a.m. I'm like, oh, they haven't fucking updated this sign. This is probably the gate. So there's a bunch of people that are looking around very upset, like about 80 people. And they're kind of forming a line, but it's like a big half circle up at the desk. And I can see that there's a woman in a uniform behind the desk. And she's kind of like, okay, calm, like she's trying to like calm the crowd. And as I get closer, everyone's like, blah, 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 Chicago, is it the right place? Denver, Chicago? Like, and so there's this crowd of people that are angry and because they don't know, is this our gate? Are we in the right place? Like we're supposed to be boarding in like five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's like 40, 35 minutes before takeoff time. So it's like, are we, what's going on? And, and this woman is like kind of trying to calm them, but she's not really saying anything. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like get up to the front, like I kind of wiggle around to the side and I go, excuse me, ma'am, I'm sorry. And she looks at me and I go, um, is 66 Denver or LAX? And she goes both. And I said, oh, or uh, Denver or Chicago. And I was like, well, was Denver, you know, two hours ago? And she goes, yes. And I go, so is Chicago in a half hour? And she goes, yes. And I go, so, well, could you just change the sign then? Because I think then all of us would be feel more at ease. And she goes, I'm not working that flight. There were, it was one of those where there was like gate 65 and 66 had one desk. Yeah. And she was only caring about the flight, the 65 yeah. flight, her flight to like to Cleveland or whatever. Yeah. And all these, it was like loud. It was like, it was uncomfortable. People yeah. were really upset. And she just fucking flat out refused to change that fucking sign. She wasn't yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Not going to do it. And she's like busying herself, like looking at like old ticket stubs, but she's not like really like doing a thing. She's not yeah. like ordering them alphabet. She's doing paper. She's clips just kind and... of stalling and yeah. she's just being a cunt. Yeah. And so it was so like, oh, yucky. And then I get on the flight and I'm in the very last row in a middle seat. Oh, shit. And so. That was not fun. But Did you I, fly directly to you went to Chicago, Chicago and, and then, then Chicago, Chicago. It's only like an hour flight to okay. Columbus. Okay. So whatever. I did. Um, so you get to Columbus. At no, what I time? didn't have a middle seat. I was I had the window seat. Okay. In the very last row. So I kind of like wedged myself between the fat man next to me and the wall, and yeah. like just tried to go to another place. And I, I was able to sleep a little bit, and I'm just grateful for that. And right. then, then into Cincinnati was fine. But when I landed in, um, not Cincinnati, in Columbus. I had this weird realization that I'm like that dark brown tan fag guy. Like that I forget that I am in my daily life in Los Angeles. Right. And I'm walking, it's midnight. I've not slept in two days. I'm like exhausted. And I'm walking through the airport to meet the guy that's picking me up from the theater. And everyone is like looking at me. Like people are literally noticing and like lingering for too long, like glancing and then looking back and like, I'm like, do I have food on me? Like, what is happening? And I go in the men's room and I'm like, is my hair like all sticking up crazy? And I realize I'm like dark, dark tan. And that basically I'm wandering through the Columbus, Ohio and airport. And everyone was wondering how that Negro got his hair to do this. Like they were just, they were really, really stymied by me. Right. So that. By your whole exotic. Just the, yeah, I looked like a black like black guy, but with like sort of long soft hair in the front. Like, how does he not have afro hair with that black? Do you know just what I mean? Like, it was weird. They were freaking me. They were freaked out. But but then how Columbus, was your show? The trip was, was great. the show on Tuesday night or the show Monday was night? Tuesday night. So okay. I slept 
the whole next day. I had to get up to do a radio interview at 7 a.m. So she picked me up at 6.30 and took me out there to the radio. And God bless her. The girl was so nice. It was really the girl that does the publicity for the theater and Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And it was more her talking. Yeah. You know, than me. It was more her talking about me. Right. Than me getting to be funny on the morning radio, yeah. which is but other than that, it was great. I mean, you know, it is whatever. <laughs> that's fine. And then the guy, the radio, the DJ, because they don't have time to like know who you are. You know, no. you just they're filling. And so we get, we've been talking for a few minutes, and he's like, "Well, I just have to say about fashion, please. My wife loves that show, and you just sit there and you just laugh at what Joan says, and." You just have the best job in the world to just get to sit there in that chair next to Joan and just listen to her say all these jokes. And I go, um, yeah, I, you know, this, I get that you're straight and I think, you know, you're probably a really great straight husband and stuff, but I do think that maybe all middle-aged homosexuals have started to look the same to you. Cause I'm not actually George Katsiopoulos. I just write some of the jokes for the show. I'm not actually on camera at all. And he goes, oh, and like made a face like. Well, well then why what? did they even book you? And he's nothing more. He said nothing more to me. He goes, oh. And then that was it. And he was like, well, uh, now the weather, it's uh, 42 degrees and here's traffic. Okay, back to the music. And then he was like, all right, thanks, you guys. It ended on such a fucking awkward note. That's so weird. Now, what was the actual gig? Was it just a normal stand-up show that you booked, or was it the it special was thing for stand-up, somebody? and they had two local comics that were sort of opening. Nice. And then me. So, yeah. And it was uh, who was pr- the theater was promoting the theater is it. It called wasn't Smashbox like a community. Live. No, yeah. yeah. How did you find about there it? There was a they were working with the local HIV charity. Nice. You know, as sort of like a, an element of a fundraiser. Nice. If you wanted to pay extra, to have like the meet and greet with me afterwards. They yeah. had like a little dessert bar, and you got to like hang out with me and How take cool. pictures. Which was yeah, some people had paid like ten dollars extra for charity. They should. Um, That's good. It was a good. It worked good though. It was. Tremendous. They That's were hoping amazing. to fill their little 70 seat yeah. theater and they sold 165 tickets. So where they did they moved put us. people? Then they have their big main showroom, which yeah. is a full on like dinner theater with like tables and, and they sold a ton of drinks and they were like, they made so much more money than they expected on a Tuesday night. It was great. Now, what about when you go on stage and you've been traveling and you're tired and you haven't thought about stand up in a while and does it just come right back or do you have I to, spent the afternoon like, like trying getting, to remember like, getting what you were my doing. shit back together. Yeah. You know, I knew I was going to do, I wasn't doing an hour. It was like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but can you gauge pretty well how long you're going? Yeah. Or do you ever come off and go, oh my God, I went X amount of time? No, 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 no. Yeah. I, you know, and that's something you got to just watch really carefully you figure it out after a while yeah yeah i just you know i check in after a bunch of certain stories yeah to gauge where i'm at yeah and then i can cut some things out or i can stretch some things out to you know depending on how the audience is and how i'm doing on time and sometimes i'll tell a lot more stories faster yeah some crowds like aren't really into like really listening like they just want to like they're kind of half list. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I found it's better to do twice as many stories, but skip a lot of the details that some people might think that was the funniest part. Yeah. But let's just do broad strokes. Broad strokes. Yeah. You can look out and say this is a broad strokes crowd. Yeah. Sometimes. All right. I like that. So anyhow, so yeah, so that was Columbus. So good. I'm glad the trip went well. Because what you were you are, doing you, this week? Those, what did I do this week? Well, I'm back in dance class. Oh, sure, everyone's wondering. Are about we getting that. ready for another? Well, recital? nothing's on the books yet, but what? You, it could pop any kind of it could pop up at a moment's notice. You never know when you're going to um, when the troops going to get back together and there's going to be some people that need entertaining. Just get the music in. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Denise went for the first time this last week and she's like, oh, my God, I have to come every week. Like she saw the she came to Jesus and had a moment. Great. Yeah, it was good. 
Um, what else happened? I don't remember. If what do anything you mean you don't happened. remember? Well, we had the mismatch game right before you oh, left. Oh, goddamn, that was fun. Right before the Golden Globes. Yes. Two nights, uh, good shows, great audiences. Um, both shows really fun, totally different. And um, I had a, a friend of mine named Jack Kenny came. He's a TV writer. And he brought a woman named Leslie, who is the development exec for George Lopez's production company. Oh, wonderful. And I had a meeting with her. That's something I did while uh, you were gone. And we're we're going to try to develop this for television. That's Mismatch. That's wonderful. See, call it something else. See what we can get away with legally. She's exploring it. But right. she gets it, loves it. She was cool, too. Well, if um, they're able to do the Snatch game on RuPaul. Well, I talked to them about that at RuPaul. And they, they, they knew they were on, a little on, like, you know, right. shaky ground with it. But nobody's... Nobody's complained yet over at Fremantle who we think have the rights or they used to so right. to the match game so and I think RuPaul they were only going to do it the once and then it became the thing and they Probably. do it every time and um so yeah so um we'll see what happens with that but you know that show's kind of mismatch has always been like waiting for Guffman where the development person was always supposed to come and they never do and right for years it's been that way so uh this will be cool we'll see and I enjoyed this woman the weird thing about it was um her meeting we had a meeting at her office at they're in the Lionsgate building in Santa Monica and behind her desk she has that classic photograph that was taken on a New York skyscraper I don't even know when that during the the construction tents. worker yes, guys all the on the boxes. row yeah right and she was she she brought up this photo I didn't say cool photo she just brought it up and she goes you know what I found out recently I always thought this was a real photo and somebody was saying look it looks like it's been you know digitally whatever and I was like that's really I always thought it was a classic photo too, or whatever. Right. And then we moved on to the other stuff that we were talking about. Yesterday, the film festival schedule for Santa Barbara came out, and last year I was up there with Scott, and we saw a couple things, and I was like, I'm going to explore this again. Turns out there's a documentary about that very photograph um, that's been shot and is going to show up there. And I've never thought about that photograph once ever in yeah, my whole what, life. Well, I don't understand what's the. It's a real photograph. It okay. was real, but the you know this story about how it happened and who those people were and so it's what not it was doctored. meant to. Re- it's I don't a real think image so. Of I don't think it is. Workers eating their lunch. Yeah. yeah, but it might have been staged. But it, I don't think it was doctored. It might have. Right. You know, they could be models. Yeah, they could have been. You know, the uh, Rikens of their day. Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, it, I'd never thought about that picture ever in my life, and it That's within a twenty-four hour period. So I sent her an email. I was like. How random is this? I decided that that meant that meant that this union was meant to happen and that yeah. it will be blessed and productive. This um, in the past two days, I've worked out next to Wilson Cruz, Riken, right on, Jay Rodriguez, wow, and Andrew Dice Clay, wow. One of those things <laughs> is not like the other. Yeah, who makes the three, three hard gay guys? Who's the and, most vain? And and Dice, um. No, Dice yeah. looks like he's given up mm-hmm. on the world. He looks so sad. Jay Rodriguez was at my gym the other day. I just really wanted to like, oh, I wanted to like go over and say something nice to him. Yeah, he just looked so crushed. Um, this is at Gold's, right? Yeah, but Wilson right Cruz has the hottest body of all three. Way Wilson Cruz's body's insane, and it always has been. Yeah, and it's and like he's a fantastic dancer. He's just he's a great singer. He's yeah. like yeah, he's like in insane shape, and he's you know he's fuck what forty forty one. He's 40. Ish. Yeah. Like, goddamn Wilson. I yeah. like Wilson Cruz. Yeah. Speaking of openly gay out people. Oh, good. Jodie Foster's speech. God damn it. Do you have thoughts? We haven't really chimed in. I do. I feel like, you know, my thinking is she, 
first of all, I think it's just assholey to accept an award. Like, here's what you have to do. We're going to give you this Lifetime Achievement Award. You need to just put on a dress and show up and smile and take the – well, it's you. So put on a pantsuit, show up and smile, and accept your award. Like, just be gracious. And don't bring Mel Gibson as your guest, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, that, but whatever. And then she got up there, and it was, like, weird. And first of all, she's an incredibly smart woman. She's an incredible, incredibly well-spoken woman. So – Regardless of whether you want to be on team hero or team asshole, whatever you, your position is on that, we all have to agree it was rambly. It didn't make sense. It was Clint Eastwood in the chair again. It was a little nuts. It was like wacky and it was jokes that didn't land. Yeah. Like the honey boo boo thing, the gay guy that told her, you should say I'm not honey boo boo. It made sense to him when he said the idea, but yeah. then her execution of it didn't. It was like underwritten it didn't make sense she was filling in blanks that she didn't fill in completely it just wasn't but then it was like well did she come out or didn't she i'm still confused and it's that whole thing of where she wants to have her pussy and eat it too right (laughs) but i just think it's like you know and then also it's sort of like she kind of quit or maybe she didn't quit or retire i don't even know but it was like so my joke about it is i feel like jodie foster now is just like a she's the same as an alabama lottery winner yeah that following Monday where they just walk into the office and go, I eat pussy and I quit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just all she fucking is to me now. Yeah. Is just some Yahoo asshole. Wow. Uh, first of all, fascinating. If yeah. I were a, a psychology professor, I would have people writing papers on it. Um, I, and I want to, it made me feel bad as a gay person. It, I felt bad at the end of the speech. I felt a little bit attacked. I felt like yeah. she's, not going to be at the GLAAD Awards anytime soon. She doesn't want anything to do with... Well, they'd love to have her. That, she just ain't going to go. No. She doesn't want right. anything to do with you. I'd rather right. hang out with Mel Gibson than you people. That's right. the, the message I got. Which is a pretty clear message. <laughs> but um, Alonzo, our friend, made a great point. Is that she sort of made this... Oh, I'm sorry. That's a joke you should use at the roast tonight. Which one? Jodie Foster wanted to be here tonight. Yeah. But she has a full night of cross burnings with Mel Gibson. Yeah. I have uh, to say so, something. Yeah. Uh, Take them both down in one fell swoop at that roast. Yeah, those vegan fags will eat that shit up. Yeah, um, but uh, our friend, I got to do a Jodie Foster bit. I haven't. I've got to think this roast through. Jesus, yeah. um, spit roast. I think you can work spit I, roast yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a roast. Yeah, I know they've had a lot of spit roasts before, but this is their first roast. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> That's good. I like it. Thank you. We're workshopping. No, well, they're vegan, so they won't yeah, eat a roast. That's true. But they'll do a spit uh, roast. Yeah, for but sure. They won't. Um, not a rib roast. No, but I, Alonzo, our friend, made a great point, and you can listen to his podcast, Linoleum Knife with Dave White. Check it out. Um, that she sort of argued that you're either an exploited reality mm-hmm. show or you're in the closet. Like nobody's right. There's nobody's, no middle ground. There's no Jane Lynch's. There's no Neil Patrick Harris's right. who we know a little about, but the they're, they're yeah. No, right. that's that's out of the question. Doesn't it, yeah. No, but <laughs> I wish I had been watching in a room full of people because that speech would have ended and, and I would have said, glad glad she's not screwed up about the gay stuff anymore. She's yeah. so screwed up about the gay stuff still. She's I like just, 10 years ago. She's kind of like, there was something like this. First of all, John Hinckley Jr. has completely lost his boner. <laughs> that, thank sure. God. Yeah. So if, if the one good thing that came yeah. out of it, even he don't even want to fuck her anymore. He's yeah. like, that bitch is crazy. Yeah. I fucking I tried to shoot the president, and that bitch is crazy. The weird thing is that she's never had a reputation as a Hollywood nut job. She might be one, but right. we think Sharon Stone. We thought of Sean her as controlling, Young. maybe yes. and a little tense, but she's kind of intelligent nuts. and yeah, a little nuts. And she's maybe a it's fucking a lo- life in the spotlight. I get it. That stuff can't be easy, but I know. But wow. I also don't think it's quite that hard. Like she's had such a level of privacy. 
Yeah, and also, I don't think... People are not chasing her to get a bikini shot at the beach. People are not standing out in front of her house trying to get a shot of her coming out to get her mail. Like, she's not this crazy recluse that has a bounty on her head. She's not Michael Jackson. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Like, she can go and do... and. I don't feel like she's hounded by the yeah. press. Yes, every few years there will be an article like when Advocate, when the Advocate did the glass did the, yeah, yeah, yeah. ceiling. But that's – I feel like p the press has been really gentle with her. Yeah. Yeah, she makes it sound like every day people are hounding her to come out. And maybe they are, but I don't – I feel like we sort of let that ship sail like five – we gave up on her a long time ago. Yeah. Um. And remember when Ricky Martin came out and he wrote that really articulate letter on his website, but he made it sound like he wanted to be part of the community. Yeah. He always longed for it and felt right. fearful for all these reasons. He really owned it, but I want to be part of you. Right. Jodie Foster doesn't want anything to do with us. And that's right. what hurt my feelings in that speech. Like, I felt personally like mm -hmm. like she was a little, um, you know, yeah, F I, you to me. Did you see that, you know, Kelly Osbourne and I got into an uncomfortable discussion with Raised Voices? Oh, no. I didn't know raised voices. On the set. Wow. I would not. I don't want to say Kelly Osbourne and I got into a fight. Yeah. Because I like Kelly very much. And Kelly is clearly, you know, a gay ally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a straight ally. And she's, you know, in no way am I trying to disparage Kelly. But she was like, wasn't that the most heroic thing you've ever seen? And I said, no, I'm actually really kind of upset about it. Yeah. And I, it really made me feel bad. And she was like, how dare you? And I, which isn't really, by the way, ever what you should say when someone says they feel bad. Yeah. Um, but how dare you have your feelings? Um, but I was like, and she was like, you know, what are really, are you one of those gay guys that unless she does jazz hands and says, I'm gay, that's not good enough for you. No, we don't and need I the said, jazz hands. We don't need the jazz hands. It's the other. Right. I said, yeah. I need her to say the word, Kelly. With her tap dancing for 40 years around not saying that word and then having her big... I'm finally giving you what you want and not still not saying the word says to me, she thinks there's something wrong yes. with being gay. Yes. She can't even say she still the does. word. That's what comes across to me as well. Right. And that, so, and Kelly was like, well, that's just ridiculous. The whole point was she said she came out a long time ago. How much gayer could she be? And I'm like, it's not degrees of gayness, but in terms of how much more publicly gay could she be? A lot. A lot. Yeah. Way a lot. And I'm not talking about maybe the woman has been writing checks and building wings of hospice care centers and doing all kinds of stuff I don't know about that is wonderful and selfless and kind. Still, well, when people though, that's when, a separate issue for me. You don't you if you're gonna get yeah. up in front of the fucking microphone, you have to say the word gay. Yeah, and when celebrities come out, they always say that thing. Well, I was always out of my life. Everyone always <sighs> knew. It, guess what? It's irrelevant. That's not the right. point. You're either with us publicly or you're against us. You know, like, it's not, I don't care that everyone in, in the set of Will and Grace knew. Right. You know and what you I mean? You don't have like, to go to every fucking Obama no. rally and every P flat, but like, but you once publicly have to say, I'm gay. Because so that it's on the record. At a certain point, if you don't, if, you, if you're established and you're out and it's kind of there, right. it sends the message that there's something shameful about it. Yes. That's it. That's where we if are. If you don't, the. The silence is louder than the volume yeah. of saying the word gay. Yeah.
So there's that. And also, like, it's a little we're, – we're into a new era now of, like, what people are doing. And she seems sort of like, we let – you could have just said thanks for the career. Exactly. I love she my friends and family. I love my career and goodbye. Nobody needed that speech to be what it was. Right. I don't think that anyone expected the Globes to be – and then the whole Victor Garber thing. I don't like, know that story. Literally, they like, the next, the next day, Greg Hernandez, who you know from around town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is a sweet, 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 sweet writer and yeah. not trying to do a – surprise hatchet job or any trickery yeah but he's at he was at the tcas and uh garber is on that new show not 666 park avenue he's on the new scary some scary show where he's a powerful patriarch of a family and i feel i feel like there's a it's some new like drama like a dynasty or maybe there's like a haunted element to, I can't remember what fucking show he's about to be on everyone listening probably knows and i just can't think of it but anyway he's got some new show coming out and uh, so he was, you know, just doing the press. And after he was off stage, not during the panel in front of the room, Greg didn't ask him this publicly. Greg found him in the lobby and said, um, oh, Mr. Gerber, I just I wondered if I could ask you a couple more questions. And he said, sure. And he says, on your IMDb page, it says that you've lived with your partner and the guy's name, like in New York City for many years or something. Is that something that you have ever publicly discussed or confirmed? Because I, I was, you know, sort of surprised that it, to see it on your, your uh, not IMDb, your Wikipedia page. Yeah. And he, you know, in Greg's report, didn't recoil or act shocked. He was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's been it. We've been together for a very long time, and I think I think most people, you know, in the business probably knew that. But but yeah, for those that don't, yes, we're together." And that was sort of the end of the discussion. And then that story got picked up all around that that was sort of his coming out. But like, I guess he didn't say the word gay, but he also wasn't on a stage in front of a microphone. A reporter said, is this thing true about you living, having a long term, you know, romance, love affair with this man and you live together? And he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally true. And like, it wasn't a thing. Well, he didn't also go, I'm going to make a joke. I'm finally coming out as right. I live in New York. So it's like, <laughs> like he didn't try to. Here's, you know, he didn't. He wasn't. Frankly, I feel like Victor Garber plays heterosexuals way more than Jodie Foster does. Like Jodie Foster's never in like sex scenes, like makeouts. Do you know what I mean? Not in a long time. Yeah, right. It's been years. Whereas Victor Garber still has like a wife or kids. Argo. You know what I mean? Like he's the the. The Charles Dawson Riley yeah. looking guy with the with the wife and so it's no big deal for him. Like there's like, no fallout from no, it. No, he was apparently totally comfortable with yeah. saying, "Yeah, it's great," which is wonderful. And yeah, it's all we you know. It, she was weird about it. It's totally weird. Fuck her. I know. Um, so let's see what else I have on my list. I went to see the screening of The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was my favorite movie of the year because okay. the writer and director were speaking afterwards at, at the Writers Guild, and of course I cried again and. Um, I, got, I did a Q&A thing, and I was like, um, I said, what did you, what was the first thing you did when you were, what was your first step when you were trying to r- take your book and turn it into a screenplay? What was your first thing that you did? Because yeah. I'm trying to do that. And uh, he gave me, he goes, oh, I'd like to talk to you about that afterwards. I was like, what? Really? Wow, that's I know, incredible. Right? Yeah, I wasn't flirting with that, but I, I, and he talked, he gave me, you know, he told me what he did, and he told the room and stuff like that, and he was really gracious. And then I met him afterwards. And I talked to him a bit, and one of the things he said is like, "This is the best thing I'm ever gonna do. Like, this is it. This is it." Like, he didn't act like what a neat thing. Yeah, he sort of said, "This is I shot my load. I mean, I'll be lucky if I ever, you know, yeah, create something like that's this." That's kind again. of a cool or, attitude to have. 
and I was about to, and I chatted a little with him, and he asked me what my book was, and I told him. I said it came around, out around the same time as yours, and we were wrapping it up. I said, can I take you to lunch sometime and just pick your brain about how you did what you did? Because he also directed it. Right. And, uh, and he wrote his number in my little, in my, they gave us copies of the script, which I love. And um, so he said, you know, he's really busy right now with something, but in a, in a month or two, I'm going to give that him a call. That is so nice. Yeah, isn't it nice? So that guy, Stephen Chbosky, is uh, a good dude. And there was a lot of USC students there, and he yeah. stayed there and talked to all of them. Like, he was really gracious. That's great. Yeah, I like that. My favorite film of last year is The Impossible. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. I want to see it on the big screen. It makes me a little nervous because it's going to be – disaster and sad and scary it is all of those things it's terrifying right it is just w wonderful it's just great filmmaking and it, the pacing is great and Naomi Watts is like Nicole Kidman but an actress mm -hmm. like she's otherworldly beautiful sometimes and but yet you would just believe that she's a real person that exists in the world Every second. How's and Ewan McGregor? I hear he's good in he's it. He's great, but I mean, he's so he's always great. And yeah. I'm trying to think of what other stuff I've seen Naomi Watson that I really liked her in. And I, you know, I thought she was really underrated in King Kong. I thought she gave a really great performance. In yeah, King Kong. I never saw that. Yeah. So you know what I mean? But I bet she probably is. Like she's yeah. clearly this really, really tremendous actress. Yeah. And there's all of these moments, you know, where she, you know she's. You know, and this happened, and it's like she could be very ask. Uh, she could be very Anne Hathaway, Les Mis, crying into the lens, like I'm gonna make everyone in this theater fucking feel my pain. And it's there's sort of that other thing where she's not like staring down the barrel of a camera. She's yeah. really just like trying not to just fucking die. Do you yeah. know what I mean? She's just so trying to just get to the next heartbeat. Like it's yeah. so the little kid. The, yeah, the I hear the kid son is, is spectacular. The I don't, you know, the fucking the art direction and the special effects, the visual effects, like how they, the length, you know, you just you think of like, oh, this big wave comes and it knocked a bunch of shit over, and then there was mud everywhere and it was fucked up, but like, no, like everybody was underwater for like minutes, and like they just were just under, like, to feel that kind of weird yeah. claustrophobia, and it's not silent then it's just oh god it's just horrifying i bet nate burgess isn't gonna see it i don't think he should no could you imagine having it's gone funny that? because i remember like making a bunch of really dumb like insensitive jokes about him and his boyfriend you had a t-shirt as i recall yeah, yeah i made a t-shirt that said <laughs> fernando bangachea who um because at that point we all wanted to be mr nate burgess and i there was like a moment in the movie where i was like ugh, that was horrible that i did that <laughs> no truly i really was like you know when something's just some thing on the other side of the world that you can't even yeah. wrap your head around what it is it's very easy to just be flip and make some dumb cheap shot joke but like it was like wow i remember going the first press trip i ever did was to thailand because of my late friend haas he got me on this junket that they were they were trying to get people to come back and mm -hmm. it was like four months after and we were in phuket um and i just remember being on the beach and they took us to one place that had been devastated and every tour operator you met they all lost people family oh, friends like they were trying to put put the pieces back together and it was just weird to be standing on that beach and thinking 4 months ago or and i want someone ago. i want someone to make the movie about 
their story because yeah. this is not the story of the I locals at all. I think it was based all. on a Spanish couple originally. It's not a real or... family, and you see them at the end in the credits. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just that's my next one. I got through. I got through a more. So we killed the yeah. French lady. Yeah. On to Naomi Watts. Now let's. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's. It's, um, it's great. Speaking of cinematography. Um, my friend Jesse, who you know, yeah, Jesse, he what did he have that? Jo- what was the inside joke that Jesse did on the podcast where he thought something meant something, something? was balls? God damn it. Something about balls. I'm really on a not stick. remembering anything. Yeah, I do remember what Jerry was listening to now on the podcast. It was me talking about how when I got on my cruise, I didn't sign up for the spin bike, and you really have to be on top of it. And he goes, "That I was just listening to that, and I listened that to that a take." And I thought, I thought, no, you just oh, I was just listening to you talk about that just that second. Oh, you know what funny, I mean? I caught yeah. him listening, and I was like. That's what we're talking about. God, that's boring. But anyway, <laughs> how mund- und- I got we got to step it up. Um, oh, it was the the line from Love Actually where um, the guy says uh, Love Actually, and he went and listened to it back. And uh, fuck, but it, it, ball. I know balls is in it. Yeah. I know there's something, but he thought he was saying something balls. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Jesse, Jesse. And it, so we had breakfast the other day, and he goes, "I have something for you. I got you a present." I was like, "What?" And so we sit down, he flips open his computer, and he goes, um, the other day I was doing an aerial shot in Long Beach, because he does second unit photography on a lot of movies and shoots things, and uh, he goes, and I got the chopper, I, uh, he goes, there was a cruise ship in the harbor, and I said to the chopper driver, do you mind if we take a quick loop around that so I can get some footage for oh, a friend? Neat. So he gave me this QuickTime file that's like this beautiful helicopter shot of a cruise ship, and you just kind of go around it and oh and it was like oh my god like if i make a sizzle reel or whatever i'm trying to do with rhapsody and um it was just like oh beautiful breathtaking you know like expensive looking Mm -hmm. you know it was a carnival ship but you can't have everything yeah but i was like post yeah he's like i was so blown away by that isn't that cool that's wonderful yeah it's i have a beautiful aerial footage of a ship so there's that uh jazz class going back tomorrow i think Starting to get jazz. Hip-hop and jazz? Yeah, I need jazz in my life now. Why? Because um, there's always one or two movies moves in the combination that have that jazz feel, and I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to sell that <laughs> shit. There's a little bit of Nomi Malone in me. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. And um, and then Je- Jerry also said, he goes, I'm laughing about how you said you got your, your Capizio boots resold. I'm like, you bet I did, motherfucker. So yeah, there's that. You own Capizio boots? Capizio jazz boots. And oh, here's the split sole. Yeah, the split sole. And they don't make them anymore. And I was going to wear them in the recital. And I went and I put them on and they fit good. And I'm like, oh, yes. I love these. And I started to do like spin on them and stuff. And the rubber started peeling up, like disintegrating. Because and, they're old? Because they're or... old. Because they're old. They're like 20 be, years old. Be glad that that's not happening to you. I know. And... um and you, they don't make them anymore, so I went to a, a shoe repair, and the dude put some rubber on them, and hopefully we're good to go again. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, look, I have a, I have a, a shoe wizard. So if really? your guy – This guy's kind of shoe wizzy, okay, but I yeah, don't know. If this guy was like, what is this boot you bring for me? You like, have every dude for all that stuff. You know my tailor died. Is it the tailor that was the on – The old man on yes, Vineland. I know. Died. They told me when I, I went in there with for the cleaners or some alterations yeah. right afterwards – and they were like, he, yes, I'm I, so sad. So this man, every pair of pants that I wear, this man has tailored. He's altered for the past 
you know, five or four or five years maybe. Yeah. And I would literally just drop them off. I wouldn't even, I don't even put them on anymore. He knows my ass and legs and waist uh, so much. I can drop him off anything with no marks or pins in yeah. it. And he would just rip the whole butt seam out. Yeah. Close them. Cause I have to buy things too big because of my yeah. legs and ass. And then he has to take the waist. And so he literally was, and you know, and he wouldn't charge me as much as other people. And, and it was this little old man named Art. Yeah, and then I, went I know Art. He's altered things for me and too. And the girl was like, "You know, Art's in the hospital." And I was like, "What?" And he had had this whispery voice. His voice had been really whispery yeah. for like a month. And I was like, "Art." He was like, "No, it's just a call to go, Art. You need to go to the doctor." I was really like, "You really have to go to the doctor." This, you know. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "I need to send you over to the hospital to have some scan- some test." And he never left. Oh. He got to the hospital and they admitted him. What was it, cancer? And they were waiting to find out if it was cancer. And so, you know, the the next door is a flower shop mm-hmm. and they're all like the same family. Yeah. So I was like, well, I want to send him some flowers. If he's going to be in the hospital, I can't have him be in a hospital room with no flowers. Oh. And they're literally like, you're just some gay guy customer. Like, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I was like, no. He was so really we sweet. sent Art some flowers. And then um, his wife. Uh, sent me like a little thank you card a couple days later, uh, you know, left it there when I went to pick up my stuff, and um, and they were like, yeah, they're hoping that he can come home in a couple days, and then it was, oh, he can't go home, it's cancer, and then it was, yeah, he died last night. Oh, I, I think I went so the same fast. day. Like she said, he died yesterday. Oh, the it daughter. Just... She was so sad. So yeah, it's so sad. I know. And but so... you know what? If it was cancer. At least he didn't have a long cancer slog. Yeah, no, he didn't know. I mean, he thought that he just had this raspy voice, yeah. like he flew or something, and then it was all over in, you know, a week. But and then it was a bunch of shit on a nightstand. Shit on a nightstand. That's and so the name then of I, this podcast. I was dropping off some dry cleaning, and then I had a pair of pants to be altered that I was going to take to some new place. And the girl goes, aren't you going to leave the pants? And I said, well... I, I mean, I thought you weren't... I didn't think you could do alterations, because art's, you know, yeah. gone. And she goes, no, no, his wife is doing it now. And I was like, well, I don't know if I trust. And But now I had to. You have to give her a chance. You have I know, to give the so wife now I'm afraid chance. that the wife is going to fuck up my pants. Yeah. The real point of this story is I'm very worried about my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Art didn't uh, suffer and all, but I'm very yeah. worried about these pants. Oh, Art, I'm oh, sad. Yeah. Um, so Let I don't me know. see what else I have on my list. Oh, I finally heard from Fuck Camp. What? I know. Why is this happening 52 minutes into the podcast? Because I was a good, I wanted to go out with a bang, as it were. Oh, perfect. Or a, or a non bang. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this will be more Catch exciting than up. sign up for your cruise, your bikes when you go on a cruise. If you're not Jerry, uh, people, people sign, know pe- about. Catch people up on Fuck Camp. Just that, that there was a gentleman that I met on Scruff. Yeah. That a lot I, of gentlemen meet on Scruff. I uh, had. You know that he, I was excited by him and his pictures and his vibe. Yes, very much. And I was like, maybe this can be just, maybe I can just take a lover. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't need to be whatever. It just needs to not be a dick. And then we can see, and that chemistry was there and whatever. Little kissy kiss on the street, and we were going to get together. And then it never happened. And I would kind of put it out there a little more than he would. And then he would be like, "I'm sorry," blah blah blah. Well, I kind of sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was, you know, he'd cancel or whatever. I'm but sorry, but I'm sorry. I just had this work thing happen. Yeah, or it whatever. Was never it was always like, like that. It was never. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it. No, 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 no. That. It was right, always okay. a thing like that. It was always like I'm traveling. I'm not feeling well. Whatever. My yeah. dog. Blah blah. 
And so I was kind of letting it go. But then when I was on the cruise ship, I noticed that it was his birthday on Facebook. So While I was you were like, away. Yeah. So I wrote him a little note on Facebook, and it was a little flirty. You know, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. Let it go. And um, then uh, a few days ago, I don't know when it was, like Friday, there was a um, – he responded. And um, I should get it out because it's a really funny um, message. And um, so um, let me see if I can find it. So, so you're you looking doing? up an email? Yeah, because it's kind of choice. Do we have anything else to discuss? I'm finally caught up on Downton Abbey. I'm not doing the third season until my DVD arrives. Right. And I could just do it right. Because I can't be waiting a week between fucking Abbey-ness. I feel like I find it so interesting, the storytelling. Like, it jumps around a lot, um, and some they don't show you a lot of moments. It's all story and not a lot of moments. Hmm. Does that make sense? There was a scene where, in the end of season one, the two daughters are, had betrayed each other, and they right. were all crazy and fucked up. Um, and um, I thought, this is going to be a great scene when they finally have it out. And then it was just them in the hall going, you did Being that. Being frosty, yeah. Being frosty. And I was like, I want the moment. Okay. Uh, anyways, but okay. So. Um, okay. I love Bates and his wife. Okay, yeah. That actress, Bates, she's my, my favorite. She's, she's my the best. Favorite actress. Everyone loves her. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, here's what he writes. Hey, handsome, exclamation point. I have been a total dick, and I'm sincerely sorry. Holidays were a doozy, and I got sick, and then on top of it, I'm a flake. I didn't mean to be a jerk. When I come up for air in a few weeks, I'd love to hang again, XO. So I'm like, my first impulse— That's fucking great. Yeah. Um, That's spectacular. Handsome with an exclamation point. Yes, And then he's but... totally owning that— Yeah. He's well, then I wrote back. I, I go, thanks for the note. I totally get it. My holidays were doozy-ish, too. No, they weren't. I don't know what that means. Okay. You've been all over the world, it seems. I'll definitely take you up on the hanging offer. And then if you're looking for some fun, mismatch game this weekend. Get a plug in there. And then I thought, you know what? That's Yeah, no, if you're, looking for, some, if you're looking for some fun, here's my yeah. hole. Yeah. No, and I said, and then I wrote him again, and I said, just reread your last message, and I'm confused. Which are you, a dick, a flake, or a jerk? Um, question mark, smiley. And then he wrote, ha, all of the above. And then, and then I wrote back, I'm like, here's the deal. I think you're really sexy, and I feel like we have chemistry. I'd like to explore it. If you're into it, great. Let me know. If you're not, that's cool, too. XL. So, when was that that you sent that? Right after the all of the above. And he never responded? No. I put myself out there a fair amount with this yeah. guy. And he, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm like, mm. But I felt like after I sent that first mismatch, oh, it's okay, message, I was like, that's not really how I feel. I want to be like clear. This is You're it. Having the moment. I was having, You're having a, moment. a Downton Abbey moment. You're not I just was. doing a frosty look. No, it's got to be yeah, right. a little clear. This I, is where I was coming look, from. Look, I fucking respect that. Yeah, and I probably won't hear from him again. But, but I might run into him, and then I'll be like, "Wow." Because okay, if I saw someone, if I was having just like a sex thing with somebody, yeah, and they were, and I was like, "Look, I'm really gonna be fucking fashion police until Oscars yeah. is over. I've got zero time, and I don't want you. You know what I mean? So please understand, it's." No, it's nothing about you at all. It's just I'm going to be crazy busy. And then they were like, okay, well, I'm going to leave it you know, up to you then. If you want to get together, get in touch with me. But if not, you know, I don't – I mean, I think I would be like, okay, yeah, I will. It will be after the Oscars. But maybe he's thinking, okay, well, I said I would get back to you in like two or three weeks, and I will. 
Okay. Maybe, like maybe he that's his response was like, okay, cool. You're yeah. leaving it up to me, and that's fine. I'll back yeah. in three weeks. All right, we'll see if I hear from him. I doubt I will. Yeah, I doubt I will. Well, I always doubt anyone's ever gonna hear from yeah. anybody. Yeah, because <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do remember vividly when I made my case to him in person. I basically said I'm looking for something like this with someone who's not a dick. I felt I saw I felt him check out a little bit like oops not me like we, maybe we should check because he thinks he's a dick. yes huh and anyway he probably yeah. anyway I may have dodged a bullet as it were even in that yeah. way um, so there's that I think that's all I have all right and I got a roast to prepare for yeah you got to go yeah 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 I'm do we have anything here else trying to write two episodes of Fashion Police Ugh. in one day because then I'm on the set with Joan, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Are you doing Joan Knows Best all week? No, we're, she's shooting a, a, a web series Okay, that's a sponsored commercial, sponsored by an air freshener. And okay. it's, it's sort of like a takeoff on the dating shows like The Bachelor. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's going to look great and be very funny and all right, all of that. And But, you know, it's it shoots this week and I'm not sure when it will air and... I will keep people posted. It's busy, busy, busy. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Check out Linoleum Knife. It's a great podcast with our friends, Dave and Alonzo. VanityMark.com. Yeah, get your VanityMark.com. Yeah. Uh, Brett Friedman is also in a number of episodes of the reality show this season, yes. Joe Knows Best. Um, still, He still hasn't warmed up to Joe no, so much. I can't <laughs> believe that. That's insane. Um, so those are um, hilarious, and they will be uncomfortable, great you know uh, moments that yeah. the camera's caught and um uh find vanitymark.com everybody loves dr kiss it's so good everybody i know mm, wants it and loves good. it and yeah it's just great so get yourself some dr kiss over vanitymark.com and uh if you want i do a newsletter every month or so when i have some shit to promote so you can sign up for it on my website dennishensley.com and then check check newsletter there's some fun yeah. stuff in there I'm on TonyTripoli.com. Yeah. You can always email us at thecomedycouch at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to be away, so there won't be another podcast until Where are you going? Right before are you Valentine's going after Day. SAGs? Are you going? Yeah, I go away for a week after the SAGs, so I'm not back until like February 4th or something. Where are you off to? Uh, Florida. Oh, is it? I'm going to go to Miami for a couple of days, and then I'm going on uh, oh, my that's friend's so cruise ship. Right on. For the weekend. Are you um, going out of Fort Lauderdale? No, it's out of Orlando. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I'm okay. in Miami for a couple of days, and then I fly to Orlando and get on the ship. Fun. Fun. Yeah, and then get on him. Love him. So, Who's the friend? Okay, wait. Jacobo. Oh, right on, right yeah. on. Okay, good. So that's good. Love it. All right, well, we love you for listening. We will okay. talk to you guys very soon. Bye. Bye.